Hi, I'm Brittany Bly. And I'm Anna Marie Newell, and welcome to Pilot Lights. That's right, the podcast brought to you by two highly unqualified adults who break down pilot episodes of new and old TV shows. And just so you know, this podcast comes with a permanent spoiler alert. All right. Hey, Anna Marie. Hi, Brittany. How are you? I'm doing so good. How are you doing? I am so excited to be recording with you again. I'm loving this podcast business. I know. It's been fun. I did re-listen to our other one a couple of times this week. <laughs> I'm obsessed. <laughs> I'm obsessed too. Also, I you remember how I thought I talked way too much the first time? Yeah. There was more back and forth than I originally thought. I think just when editing it, I was like, oh my gosh, you're talking way too much. I think, you know, we are our own worst critic, right? Is that what is that what so. the people say? The people do say that. That's what the people say. Uh, how was your week this week? What'd you do? Um, my week was pretty great. Well, I went to school. I mean, work, but I work at a school, so I went to school. Uh, and I don't even know. It was good. I made some... <laughs> this is embarrassing. It's not embarrassing. I made some TikToks to help my students... <laughs> To help my students understand how to construct perpendicular lines through points, only using a compass and a straight edge. I saw those TikToks, actually. Thank you, and thank you for liking them. Um, uh-huh. You should add them to your favorites so that I get <laughs> I get more. Uh, Is that what happened? I think. Honestly, I don't know. Um, but then when I told my students, I was like, hey, guys, here's some videos that'll help you because we had a quiz and then they were looking at them and they would listen to them and it was me and they're like is this you and I said yeah and then they were like wait did you post this to your you have a tiktok and I said uh yeah and then they were losing their minds (laughs) over the fact that their math teacher has this tiktok did you show them the one about the kid who had lactose intolerant and how it went viral? Well, not in the period that... You know they found it. The kid was in. Oh, Actually, no. I think he was absent that day. Um, thank goodness. And <laughs> like, yeah, they were like, oh my gosh, you have all those... One of your videos went viral. And I said, duh, I know. So anyway, that was... Isn't that sad that the joy of my week comes via teenagers (laughs) i mean no that's your life you know my whole goal for you is just for you to go viral you know that (laughs) i know well maybe uh maybe this uh podcast will help or maybe not (laughs) yeah well this week i was out sick on wednesday because of a little mishap after you know because you were visiting last weekend i was you know and uh well we were picking up our roommate my roommate Clarissa and I were going to pick up our dear little Cammy from the airport because she was in uh, Montana. Yeah, our friend, uh, our baby. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we were putting dishes in the dishwasher. Uh, if you're squeamish, just fast forward the next five uh, seconds. But I sliced my finger open. I had to go to the bathroom. <gasps> yeah, it was awful. Oh my gosh, was there blood everywhere? I don't want to talk too much about it, but it is October and it is Halloween. So yes. Oh my gosh. And you could see... A piece of my body that rhymes with phone. <laughs> Your phone was showing? Yeah. 
my phone <laughs> was showing on my finger and I had to go to the ER and get three stitches. It was horrible. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Now you're like Frankenstein. Yeah. Oh, gross. That's so true though. On a, <laughs> when we were, so I was going to drive myself to the ER and then Clarissa was like, uh, I'm, I, I think I should just take you. Um, so I said, okay, fine. So she dropped me off at the ER, went to pick up Camille and I was done by the time they came back and like she picked me up on the way back from the airport so anyways long story short I had to get a tetanus shot and it knocked me out really oh yeah I was like I was ill and I now think I have a cold so excuse me if I'm (gasps) coughing and hitting the mute button so oh no that sounds like a I'm sorry it's okay it was it was a an adventure and now I have a great scar on my knuckle yeah, you should see the other guy. <laughs> the knife. <laughs> I hope that you like ran it again in the dishwasher, right? <laughs> it was dirty. That's the worst part. That's why I had to get a tetanus shot. It was a dirty <laughs> knife. Oh my gosh. Oh. It's fine. I don't want to talk. My I told uh, some people at work and they were like, how's your, uh, what, how's, how did that happen? I was like, oh, a knife was put in, blade up in the dishwasher, and I was hastily, because <laughs> that's how I do everything, hastily putting things away and just stabbed myself. And they're like, ooh, was the dishes, were they clean or dirty? And I was like, I don't want to answer that, but they were dirty. So now I feel really that's embarrassed. That's a question everyone wants to know. <laughs> oh, anyways. All right. Well, should we, uh, should we introduce the show? Yeah, we take it away. All right, cool. So this week I picked The Watcher. Dun, dun, dun. And actually we were able to watch it together, which was kind of fun. Hey, Brittany, where can people watch this show? <laughs> you can watch The Watcher. The Watcher. On Netflix. It is, uh, the reason why I picked this show is one, I love October. It's my favorite mm-hmm. month. I love scary things, you know. Um, I really do. And I have heard of this story. Uh, It's based off of a true story. And I should say based off of lightly. Um, But Ryan Murphy created this show. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, that's why I chose it. Because I thought it might be fun to watch something a little bit spooky. But yeah, you can watch it on Netflix. So yeah. Which when I found out that Ryan Murphy, you know, created this or produced or whatever. I mean, Mm -hmm. okay. Where do I know Ryan Murphy from? Glee. You know it from Glee. Most I people who watch Ryan, Ryan Murphy <laughs> might be from Glee, but also like American Horror Story. I know. I mean, he's done so many things, but in my my special little mind, when I think of Ryan Murphy, I think of Glee, and then all of a sudden, The Watcher. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Just like, it doesn't make sense to me. No. Well, he's gotten really into, I mean, not gotten into, I think he hasn't done anything theatrical in years it's been like american horror story and he did prom he did do prom you're right it only came out like a year ago you're so. right it did you're right i forgot you okay anyway clearly uh hey everyone ryan murphy is a versatile producer and we are grateful <laughs> for his art <laughs> he is yeah he's great um and so this is the second show that he's come out with this season really uh because he produced and directed dahmer yeah, I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, it's with Evan Peters. Anyways, we're not talking about that one, but I kind of wish we were. Because <laughs> I really... <laughs> the 
the watcher was great we'll get into it i'm excited to talk about it um yeah like so this this show was getting a lot of good ratings and it dropped literally i think last week so i was like oh let's let's watch this so the tagline for the show on imdb which again i am not joking it's our I think I look at IMDb every day. Yeah, I mean, before apps were a thing, it was consistently on my bookmarks bar <laughs> yeah. on my computer in high school and college. It's the best thing ever. And this is a side <laughs> note, I know. But my mom, anytime we're always watching a movie, she's like, oh, man, what's that guy in? And then she and my dad will, like, debate it for, like, five minutes and I'm like oh man if there, if only there was a way we could look this up and it's just like google it then you just look up on IMDB literally it's like probably my second most used app so anyways <laughs> their tagline on IMDB was a married couple moving into their dream home are threatened by terrifying letters from a stalker signed the watcher the watcher yeah so <laughs> the first episode is called welcome friends and the rating was 7.2 on IMDB so it's not too bad now but okay let's talk about those ratings like who who rates them people who watch the show well i don't that's the best part about imdb i don't rate it well i rate it here on our podcast (laughs) out of five flames (laughs) we'll get to that at the end i know but i i guess i'm just wondering because like you know it's like when you're watching amazon when you're reading amazon reviews and they're either like yeah amazing because the person is like obsessed with that item or they're like really low reviews because who's going to take the time to write a review? It's usually someone who is upset or in- really enthusiastic. So I always get a little, you know, suspicious when it comes to like looking at reviews from lay people. <laughs> Interesting. I feel the opposite. Oh, really? That's funny because you either really like it or you don't like it. But I, I think I consistently will rate stuff. Really? On IMDb. Yeah, you just hit the stars. It's like, oh, what did you think of this episode out of 10 stars? And you just like hit what you like. Okay, well. Anywho, (laughs) but I mean, to each their own, you know, on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't know if that's your like choice. (laughs) I do like tomatoes. (laughs) I didn't look at it until just now. Critics review was 48%. Okay. Wow, really? Yeah, I'm surprised by that, actually. No, I'm not. I'm not that surprised. And then the average audience score, so that's the kind of the cool thing about Rotten Tomatoes is they do, like, yeah. the critics score, which was 48%, so it's definitely a flop. And then the average audience score is 37%. Whoa. So it's higher on IMDb. Well, that episode is higher on IMDb than you would than you would think. Oh, and you're right. So are is Rotten Tomatoes just looking at the, uh, the pilot episode or is it the series? No, it's the whole series. Okay, so then I wonder I wonder if this, what would you say, 70-something percent on IMDb? Yeah, 7.2. Oh, yeah, 7.2. I mean, and that's out of, I don't I don't remember how many people, but you it'll show you like how many people rated it. So then, well, I'm wondering if throughout the series, does it even out to approximately what Rotten Tomatoes has? I think it depends, but yeah, I guess we'll have to check in. Okay. Stay tuned. <laughs> I'll do some statistical analysis about this. Yeah, you know, I think I still have SPSS on my computer, so <laughs> we can, we can definitely do She's that. adopted. Uh, <laughs> so this story is based on a true story, okay? So the, the show is based on a true story, and I say true, and I put it in quotations, <laughs> and I say it very lightly, um, though, because there's a lot of liberties taken. Mm-hmm. Like- ridiculous liberties taken wait but how do you 
because you've read, you've like done the research of what yeah. actually happened? Yeah. So, yes. Okay. So here's the thing. The basic premise is this family in real life buys this house in New Jersey mm-hmm. and they spend a lot of money on it. And as they are doing renovations on the house, they get a bunch of these like super ominous letters, mm-hmm. which are pretty creepy. And actually in the show, they use like clips, clips. They use examples of the show or of the letters on the like show. Ex- excerpts? Yeah, excerpt. Ah, that's the word I was looking for. Thank you. Um, You're welcome. But yeah, so they use those and um, and basically it's like really creepy stuff. Like, oh, we know you have two young children and like the blood of the, the house calls for like the blood of the young. And it's like really creepy. So the stuff that you see in the show, like in the letters, like parts of that are included or those are from like the actual letters. Oh my gosh. So this family, they end up buying this house. And they're renovating it. And as they get these letters, they're like freaking out. They actually never moved into the house. Like the family never really moved into the house because of these like creepy letters. And they bought it in 2014. And the actual couple's name are Derek and Marie Broadus and not Bannock or Brannock or whatever. And so they play. It's, it's just interesting. So they redid the house and then this like watcher begins tormenting them claiming in his anonymous letters that the house was his family's for decades and that he was put in charge of watching over it, waiting for its quote second coming. And so then they just like get all these really creepy letters. And one of the quotes, it's so creepy. It's like 657 Boulevard is anxious for you to move in. Uh, It's been years and years since the young blood ruled the hallways of the house. Have you found all of the secrets it holds? Will the young blood play in the basement or are they too afraid to go down there alone? Ooh, spooky. Any mention of young blood? I know. (laughs) I'm outie. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) It could be an anonymous letter. It could be an email. Someone could just come up to me on the street and say, young blood. And I'm like, bye. (laughs) I just, I can't do it. (laughs) That type of stuff. I'm going to go on with this letter. I would be very afraid if I were them. It is far away from the rest of the house. If you were upstairs, you would never, ever hear them scream. The letter continued. So then, like, I know. Okay, if you bought a house, well, one, I would never, I asked Cammy this yesterday. Like, would you ever buy an old spooky house? If that was just your question, I would say no. But based on what I saw in the show, I mean, it didn't look spooky well okay i actually i don't like the look of it i don't like the shingles on the <laughs> in, in the east coast so i'm not about that also they spent so much money i can't even i know so i if i were spending that much money it better look like a brand new pristine like mansion um so no i would not buy that house whether or not i thought it was creepy <laughs> So in the actual story, so the cup, the family like ultimately decided not to move into the house. So that's where it kind of differs. Like, yeah, there were some creepy neighbors and like, there were some things that like, I think Ryan Murphy did put in, like there's some bizarre people in the neighborhood. Um, But like the family ended up not moving into the house and they hired a private investigator. The Westfield police conducted an exhaustive investigation, um, but the watcher was never identified. Mm. Is that crazy? It's like after all these years, like, so then the couple in real life actually sued the previous owners. Really? 
um, alleging they knew about the stalker but didn't say anything when they sold the house. Yeah, I would feel like something like that needs to be disclosed. Yeah, but I think you're not, I don't even, I don't think legally you have to, which is kind of crazy. Well, I mean, don't you have to disclose if there was like a death in the house? I don't think you have to. Or maybe it goes state by state. (laughs) You know, everything's legal in New Jersey. Hamilton. (laughs) Did you just say Hamilton? Yeah, it's from Hamilton. (laughs) (laughs) See, everyone, this is where our interests uh, differ. (laughs) Dissect, yeah. Um, So dissect, divert is what I meant to say. Anyway, so the, I think this is like, so the suit was ultimately dismissed. They couldn't, they didn't get any money they, they for suing the previous owners. And the Broaddus family originally bought the house for $1.3 million, And after five years of living in their own horror movie, that's what it says in the article, they sold it in 2019 for $400,000 less than what they bought it for. That's crazy. And the house has not been sold since then, according to Zillow. <laughs> I love that that's... <laughs> Like Zillow is their a reliable source. Their reference, according to Zillow, <laughs> which estimates its current value is close to 1.5 million. The public records available on Zillow also show the Broaddus family tried to sell or rent the house out multiple times since moving in. So they did try to like sell it and stuff. They should make it uh, Airbnb, and all those hipsters who are interested in like scary things yeah. will go and stay there. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot more extensive, exhaustive, like they did get creepy letters. And I think what they found is that the previous family had received like a couple of letters, but the family since moving in, either they haven't disclosed that they've gotten letters or Mm -hmm. whatever. So anyway, so that's kind of like the back history of the true watcher. Okay. Um, Okay. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? On the real story? Yeah. Well, one... I don't even know. Like if I was, if I got a letter like that, I would immediately, well, the show did show that they went to the cops and I would have like immediately have gone to the cops. The reason why I wanted to watch this show is because I knew that, that back history. So I had like heard about this story because you know, Uh I love true crime and I love weird, creepy stuff. So I'd like, I had heard this before and then on a different podcast that I listened to, they had talked about how they were making it into a show. And I was like, oh, Ryan Murphy usually does a pretty good job. I mean, Glee. Okay. Um, <laughs> so the original cast, okay, so the original cast, the cast of this show, um, I think was well casted. Um, from what I heard, the original family really wanted nothing to do with this and really didn't want them to be like represented at all. So they kind of like took some liberties, obviously, on the show of the different characters. So Naomi Watts, yeah. which and Bobby Cannavale. Cannavale. Is that how you say his name? He's Italian. Cannavale? Yeah. Oh. Well, I was like, Cannavale. So Naomi Watts and Bobby Cannavale play Nora and Dean Brannock. Okay. I don't know about you. I find them extremely unlikable. Did you feel that way? Um, I think Nora is. So Naomi Watts's character. Yeah. And I can't tell if it's Naomi Watts or if it's just the character. Like, I hate both of them. Any of the love scenes, I was like, oh, fast forward, boring. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Like, I don't know if they just didn't have good chemistry or I don't know. I don't know. 
But I wonder if it, that was on purpose. I mean, if we were in the mind of like the casting director, maybe they thought, oh, these yeah. experienced actors can make people like suspicious of those people, like the character. Um, because, of course, this is a psychological thriller. And as the audience, I mean, you're not supposed to know who the watcher is. Well, I guess in real life, we don't even know who the watcher is. In the show, you're not supposed to know. And it's supposed to be like, is it that person? Oh, there's a, is there someone walking over there? Oh, my gosh. Is it the owner themselves? Yeah. Um, and so I wonder if it was just like that those people... I don't know. I like, I don't have much experience watching Naomi Watts. I've seen her in like one movie. But Bobby, I mean, we're on a first name basis. <laughs> Bobby is so funny. I was just watching a, a clip of him on a talk show and the host asked him, oh, where do people recognize you the most from? And he said, everybody loves Raymond. <laughs> Who was he in Everybody Loves Raymond? nobody oh <laughs> but everyone everyone thinks that he's brad garrett oh that's so funny <laughs> but he's not obviously yeah and no who do so where do i know him from and again yeah. this is like my experience and i'm showing my age he was um will's boyfriend in will and grace <laughs> and that's how i know him i was like oh. anytime i see bobby cannavale i'm like Oh, that's Will's boyfriend. He was in Nine Perfect Strangers. He was. And I remember that. I actually haven't finished that show. I really like that show because he plays this like curmudgeon kind of guy. And I feel like he kind of plays this like arrogant. They could hardly afford the house. They already declared bankruptcy. He and his wife are like almost had to get a divorce. Yeah. Throughout the series and that first episode, you just realize he's just kind of like, I don't know. Like I just find him just... Like and I don't like how they interact with the neighbors. Anyways, they have a teenage daughter and a and a younger son. And I don't I I think one of the things I also didn't like is and we can get into this is just like how he treats his daughter. She puts lipstick on and he's like, take that lipstick off. Yeah, you're not even 16 years. It just felt weird. And I don't I it just doesn't seem like I don't know. I just didn't like that component. I mean, I agree. I noticed that too when I was watching this pilot episode where he He's like, you're not even 16 and take that off. And, and I mean, his reasoning is he doesn't want his young daughter to like be sexualized. Sure. And what is ironic is that he is actually the one who is in turn, like sexualizing her by saying for her not to do that stuff. And the thing is like, there are men and there are fathers and there are parents institutions and institutions and cultures that do that yeah so of course I didn't like that but I think it's real I mean I I really do think that that was like reality yeah for a lot of girls and women um who are like you know talked to yeah. in that way by men yeah I would agree I just it just was irritating to me so other characters in the show are um there's some creepy neighbors right <laughs> there are let's talk about the creepy neighbors there's yeah. mia farrow and terry kenny play an odd brother and sister duo uh pearl and jasper who are obsessed with like the brother is i 
I think he's like a little odd. They kind of allude that he may have some special needs, but he's like obsessed with the dumbwaiter in this house. And then Mia Farrow's character is obsessed with like the historical component. So it's basically just like setting the scene with these characters that already this family's coming in and these neighbors have like a sense of like duty to this house and this like idea of what this house is going to be like. Anyways, they confront them and it's just like, you're just like, oh, something just feels off. Right. Well, okay. Pause. Speaking of a dumbwaiter, did you know what a dumbwaiter was before you watched this episode? Yeah. Okay. So did I, thank you. But like Dean, the man who bought the house didn't. And I'm like, are you serious? And I'm, no offense to anyone who doesn't know what a dumbwaiter is. Would you like to explain what a dumbwaiter is? Yeah. So anybody who watched the classic TV show on Nickelodeon called Are You Afraid of the Dark should know what a dumbwaiter is. Okay? <laughs> the kid fell down the dumbwaiter with ice cream and they didn't know if it was strawberry ice cream or blood. Like, that's that's how I know what a dumbwaiter is. Plus, I think my parents... No, Damn. it was a laundry shoot. Never mind. <laughs> laundry shoes in the house that they bought but yeah i knew what a dumbwaiter was yeah i mean me too but it's just like of the whole episode i was like are you serious he doesn't know what a dumbwaiter is anyway but you're right like jasper uh the neighbor is like really into this dumbwaiter and he will come into the house i mean not his house the neighbor will come into this house that was purchased by this family and he just like plays with the dumbwaiter. And then they have these other neighbors <laughs> who it makes me sad because, well, not sad. I love Margot Martindale and I yeah. love Richard Kind like I know. so much. I love that they both can play like serious and funny roles, um, but they play a married couple, Mitch and Mo. And they're yeah. a creepy couple who lay out in lawn chairs watching the house literally every day. And they're just like vile and weird and like with binoculars i mean they just like stare at this house they're like picking plants and things from this family's lawn like not their own property and i mean i agree i love these actors too but one thing that struck me of this show and when i watched this pilot episode there's a bunch of these actors that i know from like comedic roles yeah i honestly thought that it that there was going to be some sort of like turn of events that that became funny or or at least i don't know was supposed to be funny but ironic here's the thing i love when a good comedic actor plays a serious and scary role i think it's great i just think that maybe i just don't like the show (laughs) Like I just didn't like. Sorry, I can't even. I can't even withhold my like, my weird feelings for this show until the end. But I just, I don't know. It just nothing just felt like it came together, and I just felt uncomfortable every, like as I was watching the show. And I think a lot of it had to do with, just how the characters interact with each other. And anyways, we'll say, my favorite, one of my favorite, and I think America's favorite actress, Jennifer Coolidge. <laughs> I mean, everybody, I love Jennifer Coolidge. I'll watch her in whatever she does. And she plays a really great character that's, like, kind of shallow. And um, Yeah, well, she's the realtor. She's the realtor. And she knows Nora, the mom who buys the house. Um, She knows Nora from, like, college, I think. Like, they knew each other in college. But I just, I find it interesting, the story she tells about, like, 
how she was married and basically her husband just kind of like leaves her and then she's like and I decided just to just like ruin his life (laughs) like that's what I did and I was like yeah I would do the same thing I think but she and you're right like I love Jennifer Coolidge as well and her character the realtor she is a little funny but also she can be very like uh I want to say kind of abrasive or, or just like really pushy um with Nora like selling they just bought the house and she's like you need to sell and so to me it's like well she just wants money and so then like is she the watcher because is she sending the letters to this family saying oh you should sell or like you should leave um so that she just gets more commission and more money that could happen yeah so let's get to i don't know the plot of this first episode shall we So they buy the house. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you're right. You already mentioned they they didn't actually have like all that many, and and um, Dean he pretty much he like dips into their well not just dips he literally like takes all of their like IRAs and their like savings and literally everything that they have. Yeah. is put into this house so yes they bought this house but it was like a huge deal um that they probably shouldn't have i think maybe that's why i dislike them so much is there's just this like idea of like needing to keep up this image and also they're moving from new york city to new jersey right and i i've known a few people who've done that right like i used to live in new york um and i used to work in new jersey <laughs> so there's like <laughs> this kind of odd thing that you want to get out of the city move to the hamptons 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 or move to um amityville or you know like these like different places that are really well off and um i don't know like keep up this appearance that you can afford it and they couldn't afford it but they end up buying it anyway and i don't know it's just so they buy this house they take out all these loans and as they're kind of deciding to renovate they get these letters, these really terrifying letters that basically this stalker is alluding to the fact that they can see everything they're doing in the house. Like the daughter is playing the piano too loud and she's not even playing the piano. It's just like, there's just like all this stuff. And they use, like I said um, earlier, they use these lines from the actual letters and um, make it just like really unsettling. Right. So yeah. And I don't remember if this is in the first episode, but does the family decide to go? No, they don't. That's in the second episode. The family decides to go. Spoiler alert. Sorry. Spo- we said. <laughs> this podcast. This is, comes with a permanent spoiler. But anyways, I I don't know. Like, I don't really know what else. they. The first episode, I feel like a lot of nothing really happens. They get these letters. Somebody breaks into the house and kills their ferret, ferret which is sad and gross. Um, they have like video cameras installed by this young kid who, uh, has his own business and there's like illusions that maybe he's a part of this as well. Like, and so there's just a lot of this, like alluding to these horrible characters who possibly might be haunting these other horrible characters. (laughs) Well, yeah. And the thing is, um, I mean, 
Is it? Yeah. Okay. You already talked about the the real life version of it, but right. I mean, at first, it's like, is it actually haunted? I mean, are there? Is it like supernatural in a way? Are there ghosts or not? Yeah, and but I think like you kind of think that, and then you're like, it just at the same time, it like doesn't even allude to it. Like you're like, oh, maybe there's ghosts, but then it's like, yeah. Also, I kind of hope there are ghosts. These people are terrible. I don't know. I sound so cynical, but it's just because I think like throughout the whole thing, I just was like Googling the whole time, like, hey, did this part actually happen? Were there actually people that did this? Because to me, I'm like, the actual story is actually scary. Mm -hmm. And so why did Ryan Murphy and co decide to like add all these factors in? And I get it. It's to make it more dramatic, but like, Mm -hmm. it's just, I don't know. I, I feel like, I think the thing that, I was looking up a lot of critical reviews and there are a lot and there are some good ones. So we can get to that in a bit, but I'm trying to think if there's anything else about the plot that is worth redemption. Can you think of anything? Redemption because you didn't like it. Or like makes you want to keep watching. Well, I like, did you want to keep watching afterwards? Yeah. I mean, I know we watched the second episode together. (laughs) Literally right after. Also, Netflix just kind of just goes. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, we've already mentioned this is not my Mm go-to genre. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I do not choose spooky things. Um, And, I mean, psychological thriller. I've only watched a probably, honestly, like a few in my life of, like, movies or shows because I just I don't like them it scares me and it's honestly like if they were ghosts I would have been fine with that because like I don't know I'm okay with ghosts knock on wood but real things like this scare the crap out of me because it's could be totally real and so I don't know I did want to I did want to keep watching it I I think if this was a show that came out weekly I would have stopped watching But because it all dropped at once, I was like, yeah. And I got through episode five. And like, even this morning, I was like continuing to watch it. And then, or maybe it was yesterday. I don't know. And I just thought like, I'm not that invested. Like, cause then I don't know. I just, (laughs) I'm not invested in it. Uh, Maybe other people might think differently. I think because I do like true crime, like I really like true crime and I really like there's a show called fear thy neighbor. And I love that show on investigation discovery channel. I love the idea if even if they had made it like clear, hey, these are the neighbors and this is what they're doing instead of adding in like possibility of cult like stuff in the second or third episode or you know what I mean? Like I just I I remember thinking when I was watching it, like this is just kind of a stretch, like whereas if they had just stuck to this idea of what it actually was and how that actually like you said that the realistic part of the story is why it's so scary is they never found out who it was. They never found out like what the actual purpose was. This family's out like almost half a million dollars and that's sad and that's scary. But like, I don't know. It just seems, it just seems lazy to me. Honoree, let's, um, do you have anything else you want to say about the plot? Um, it happened. (laughs) It, the plot went, it started, there was a conflict, and okay. <laughs> the episode ended. No, honestly, um, the thing that really got me was the little ferret 
I know. His name is Sprinkles. And he winds up not alive anymore in the middle of the night. And to me, I'm sorry, like, if a... (laughs) Okay, this is so terrible. If a person dies, sad. If an animal dies, unforgivable. Okay? Um, Like, you cannot... I like I'm done with the show if an animal dies. But you still watch like two more episodes. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but also, I don't know. I don't want to disparage any ferret owners. A ferret dying is way different than a dog dying. Am I wrong? Do you know what ferrets always make you think of? What? Kindergarten cop? <laughs> <laughs> ferrets always make me think of kindergarten cop. <laughs> You're like something's wrong with your dog, and it's like it's not a dog. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's move on to our own rating. Before I give my rating, I'm gonna read a little bit of what uh, of what Roger and Ebert.com and uh, Brian, what's his name, Talarico said about this show. Okay. And I was like really feeling validated by this. He said, <laughs> The Watcher is the kind of thing that would have been a network TV movie of the week in the 70s or 80s, which means it's a Netflix original series now. That's <laughs> harsh. <laughs> but Murphy and his team lack the wit and campy energy they once had. Compare this to Murphy's massive franchise launcher, American Horror Story, and yet this project lags so much in comparison, failing to find the danger in its subject matter despite flashes of escapist camp. (laughs) It's an exercise in overwriting instead of anything that ever seems to reach for the creepy, unsettling instability that used to mark Murphy's best projects. Ouch. Right? But also, yeah. So the true story of The Watcher is a haunting one because of the primal fears it taps into, which I think is what you were saying, Ani. Exactly. We all want to feel safe in our own home, our own homes. We all want to be able to tell our kids that we can protect them. And especially in the era of true crime paranoia, we're all probably a little more fearful of what's going on in our neighbor's homes. What exactly are they doing over there? And why are they looking out the window all the time? All of these (laughs) themes or commonly shared fears could have been applied to the story of 657 Boulevard, but The Watcher is made by people who don't trust their audience. They might get you to watch, but they didn't take the time to make something worth remembering. Hmm. I give it two out of five pilot lights. Really? Two out of five. Yeah. And that's a solid two. Yeah. And it's rounding up to two. That's rounding up to two for me. Interesting. It's sad. I think of all the scary things that could have been like done with this show and it just, it does, it feels kind of cheap. And I like that it says that like didn't trust the audience and it's nothing worth remembering. That's Hmm. me. That's me being critical. So. Okay. What do you say? Well, what's, I mean, again, what's interesting is this would be a show that is definitely up your alley. Oh, a hundred percent. As Mindy Kaling says, a hundo percento. And this is not something that I would choose. No. So I'm not probably the typical audience. And I, I mean, okay, I would never say I liked it again, because I don't like watching things like this. Um, I cannot watch it at night. (laughs) Like when I was alone at home and I was watching it, I literally had to pause it when the sun went down because I just... 
myself, I cannot continue watching things like that. Interesting. But I, I actually thought it was good. Okay. I like that we have a differing opinion on this. What do you say? Out of five flames, I would not give five. Okay. I mean, I would probably give four. I would say four out of five. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I was intrigued. I, um, I did want to know what happened. The thing is, like, they kind of set it up, like you said, it honestly could have been anyone being the watcher. And so to me, it made me think of Agatha Christie's mm-hmm. murder on the Orient Express, where I thought it actually, maybe maybe it's a group effort. Everyone combined, like, was the watcher. Or, you know, the watcher was, like, the neighborhood watch group. And they yeah. all were a part of it. Now that you are reading or, like, told us that the real story of it i mean i guess my prediction was not true and i have continued watching the series <laughs> that's okay yeah me too <laughs> i hated See? it and i'm still watching it <laughs> but that's also because we're obsessed with just watching tv Fact. um yeah honestly i would probably give four maybe i could be a little critical and say 3.5 but i okay. It was That's much fair. higher than what I than what you gave. So That's higher than what I expected you to give it, too. I'm impressed. Really? Yeah. What do you think I was going to give it? I think a three. Oh, okay. But that's still higher than you. I mean, I guess that's not that much higher. But still, that's higher <laughs> than you. Yeah, I I really I really didn't like it. So should people should people watch it? Um I still think um if it depends. If you are a person who likes Ryan Murphy and you're a person who isn't going to expect too much and doesn't know anything about the actual story yeah watch it maybe watch it if you're more like me and have probably already seen this story on some sort of like investigation discovery channel special you're gonna i don't think you'll like it so that's 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 my opinion on it i take it for what you want but yeah so i guess yes if you want and kind of you'll probably end up like me you know yeah I mean, there are only, what, seven or eight episodes okay, of this series. So, yeah. honestly, <laughs> IMDb says that it takes five hours and 32 minutes. You can honestly watch it in one day. <laughs> you can watch it in one day. If you have nothing else to do, you can watch it in one day. But I would highly recommend something. I would highly recommend something like Midnight Club, which is amazing. If you really want something spooky but not too spooky, that's a good one. Also, okay. fine. Watch The Watcher if you want to. Anyways, what was your prediction? Who do you think did it then? In the show? Yeah, I mean, I thought it was everyone. Okay. Um, honestly, I don't know who it is, but I guess the world doesn't know either. Um, I don't know. All right. Well, there you that's go. it on that show. <laughs> I like your prediction. That's That would be a good one if they all did it. <laughs> I told you about what? my story with Kyle. What? When I went to uh, see the Orient Express, it was like during grad school the and movie? I was so, yeah, I was so tired and I fell asleep uh-huh. and I kept leaning over. I would wake up and I'd be like, who died? And he's like, Johnny Depp. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and then I fell back asleep and then I woke up at the end and I was like, oh, who did it? And he's like, all of them. <laughs> so I like did not know anything that happened. Yeah. So that's my experience with Agatha Christie. You didn't read the book? No. Okay. That's no. fine. Yeah. Um, I have read it in English and Romanian and wow, German. I'm gonna give you that's a gold medal in every case all of them do it 
Oh, um, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> but what's you mentioned in like the second episode, there's kind of this like cultish, mm-hmm. um, you know, idea or theory. And okay, I'm in like the sixth episode. I'm almost done with the series. It like doesn't come back. I mean, it was like they just no. mention it. They just drop it in in the second like, episode. Maybe they sacrificed a baby. Oh, well, we're not going to talk about it again. All right, well, that's it for our uh, second episode of Pilot Lights. Uh, yeah, so two out of five Pilot Lights for me, 3.5 out of, or four of out of five yeah. for Ani. And uh, Ana Marie, what's our next show we're going to be doing? So in our next episode, I am choosing the show and we are going to watch the pilot episode of Smash. <laughs> Is this one of your favorite shows, would you say? Yeah. Top five? Yeah. Oh, 100%. Okay. You, like, have, I, you have the DVDs of this. I have the DVDs. Um, one of them is in German, and I also purchased them on Amazon Prime because I don't always have my DVDs with me, wow. and I might have to watch the show. All right. Well, that's something to look forward to. I'm excited <laughs> to watch it. I haven't watched mm-hmm. it since COVID, and I don't even know if I remembered much of it. So, all right. Well, that's it for yeah. us this this episode, and we will see you guys on episode three. All right. Thank you for listening. All Bye. Right. Bye. Bye.